Hello and welcome to the universe. I'm your host, Peter Cleary, and each week I'll be guiding you through everything you need to know about starting at the University of Adelaide with the help from some very special guests. Your place is here, your time is now. Let's find out how to make it happen. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the Ghana people, the traditional custodians whose ancestral lands we gather on, and the land on which the University of Adelaide's campuses at North Terrace, Waite and Roseworthy are located. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and relationship of the Ghana people to country, and we respect and value their past, present and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. Hello and welcome back to the universe. It's Peter Cleary here today with another very special guest from the domestic recruitment team. We have Candace Davis joining us today. Uh, we'll be chatting about what it means to be an adult entrant or a non-school leaver student. Welcome, Candace. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you going? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, it's a bit like that. <laughs> cool. Um, so if we just get straight into it, um, would you be able to tell everyone a little bit about your role within the domestic recruitment team? Yeah, sure. So... I look after all student recruitment um, engagement in particular. So my main role is to set up platforms for our team to interact with students and prospective students and anyone who's interested in the university. So I do a lot of outreach events, but in particular, I specialize for students who are adult entrants and or non-school leavers and those looking to go into post-grad study. So that's mainly my area of focus. Awesome. So I guess with the adult entrant or non-school leaver student portion of that, can you explain a little bit about what that means for them to be, I guess, categorised like that? Yeah, so even when you come down to kind of any application system to get into a university, you'll quickly see a separation of a school leaver and then a non-school leaver or a non-current year 12 student they usually are categorised as. So this kind of links to like different states will have it with a different term. Some of them will say you've been out of high school for 12 months. Some of them will say you're of the age of 20 years old. Some will just say you are not a current student, so you may not have even made it to year 12, and then you sit into a non-school leaver category as well. So there's different variations. So the easiest way to say it is if you are not at school, you usually sit in the adult entry non-school leaver portfolio. Right. So it's kind of like a bit of a default. You either are at school, studying in high school, or you're everything else. Yes. And some of them will go, oh, I'm a mature age student. Like, if you want to call yourself that, that's fine. But that's <laughs> this is the category you sit in. So I usually don't have a 21-year-old come to me and say, I'm a mature age student. They're just like, I'm, I want to be a student, but I don't know what, what my category is called. This is where you sit as an adult entrant or non-school leaver. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely didn't feel like an adult at 20, but it does make sense to categorise it that way. So I'm guessing with the prospective students that you speak to, they'll have a very different range of questions and concerns about getting started at uni because of the circumstances that they're in, that they're not coming straight from high school. So I was hoping today that maybe you'd be able to help clarify some of those concerns for people who 
might be sitting on the fence about jumping into a uni degree and they fall into that adult entry or non-school leaver category? Yeah, because there's a lot of, um, I think a lot of them would be surprised here that a lot of their concerns are quite similar right across the board. Same question all the time. And some of them will start with, well, I'm not at school, so can't use my ATAR. Yes. Good that we just need to crush straight away. Yeah. 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 Very good one. So I guess with these students that fall into this category, how many do we have at the University of Adelaide currently? Around about um, a quarter of our current students right now do sit into this category. So a lot of people are quite surprised. Like, I'm going to be the oldest in the classroom. Just like, no, I've just met with five people in a row today who are all saying the same thing. You actually, there are quite a few of you. And they do add like a nice dynamic to the classroom as well. And because they're usually stepping into the classroom with um, more life experience, if even coming from work, some of them step into this role to upskill in a particular area. So they add a different dynam- di- dimension to the classroom. So the discussion tends to change over and just increase overall. And they probably do a bit better than the others because they've already had to learn how to do time management because they've got a lot more going on into that field so yes quite a huge chunk does um, study with us yeah that makes sense I guess if you've um, finished high school and gone out and got a job or something like that and then decide you want to upskill or decide you really want to chase that uni degree that you've been thinking about for a few years you come with a bit of life experience and a few more life skills than you might have coming straight from high school yeah and some of them they just never even considered university until later on and then realized actually no I, I do want to go and study what, what do I do? And so they're stepping in just with a different mindset altogether. In terms of the application process for these kinds of students, um, do you have to kind of clarify how they can get into university in the first place? It's, it's generally the same, generally the same. I think that's where a lot of them get confused. So if any of them did complete year 12 and did collect themselves an ATAR or any kind of similar um, ranking across Australia, then they can use that to apply for any particular program and they'll go through the same system. Um, so for, for us will be SATEC and apply and go through there and list their preferences. If they didn't do an ATAR, they can also sit um, a stat and look at that and compare their answers from there and use that to progress them in. Some of our courses, mainly in, um, in postgraduate, will also look at work experience uh, as, an, as another option for them to enter into a program. Right. So it's not like because you fall into this adult entry or non-school leaver category that you have to go through a completely different process to apply. It's all kind of the same. Yes, all the same um, for them. And the main thing that I would really push for a non-school leaver is to make sure that they look at the key dates via SATEC so that they apply within the, the time frame so they don't get lofted with a late fee. Just they can avoid that, avoid it. So they, they do everything else the same. They, they use whatever entry requirements they have. And if they're unsure, they can also come and talk to us. But usually it's quite the same. It's not like a, here's a special other portal we need to send you to to apply for university. No, everything goes the same way. Beautiful. So SATAC still kind of looks after everything. It's not just for school leavers. Yes. Yeah. And SATAC will also have a category that will list them as a non-current year 12 student. And they'll just apply through there. For students that fall into this category, um, we've mentioned they might be working and looking to upskill or something like that. So maybe they're 
work-life balance might need a bit of tweaking when it comes to including university study as well. Do you have any uh, tips or tricks or recommendations that you would offer to a student who's concerned about being able to manage university work as well? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's such a common question and and not a silly question. Like I look at them and go, yes, this is a huge commitment and you want to make sure everything can fit together. From a full-time basis, if they are considering studying their degree full-time, they need to look at it like a full-time job. So it can take up to 40 hours per week because that will include their classroom face-to-face time, their reading time, their time for their assessments, everything put together. That's what you're looking at. So it might not mean 40 hours sitting in a classroom, but all up, that's the kind of time frame per week they want to look at committing. And that's if they're considering a full-time um, study. What they can do for majority of our uh, programs, you can reduce it down to a part-time study. This obviously means it will take them longer to complete, but they can then pick up certain subjects along the way, as well as still go to their job, as well as still um have their family commitments going so they can make it work around what they need. So you can lower right down to one subject a semester or you can have it up to four subjects per semester. So they can go between either of those and make it work. And in some courses, when students come and sit with us, we recommend you go onto Degree Finder, you go down into the program degree structure and you can get examples of a study plan, but also there's deeper, you can dive right into a course planner and really look at, for if you're looking to study almost immediately, like the semester coming up, they'll probably have the courses up online and you can even see the timeframes you're going to be expecting in the classroom. So if you can, if you look at them and then you realize two courses you are expected to study for that degree in the following semester can be done both on the same day and in the morning and you've found Wednesday, I can actually get my study done from 8.30 to 11 a.m. and then the week's gone and that's two subjects sorted. They also have to consider their their study time for at home for assignments, for any tutorials or whatever they have around it. But there is the flexibility for them to really build it for themselves and how they want to seed out the year. I guess if they're still working full-time, uh, they might be able to duck off at lunchtime for a lecture or a tutorial or something like that. It would just be about making sure you're really conscious of planning your studies around those commitments. Yeah, so time management and, and for any student group coming into the university is a priority. You need to understand this part. And for this group in particular, they'll probably have more of an understanding of it because they have other commitments that they're now trying to fit study into it. So they will then sit down and go, I'm ready to study next semester coming up so if it's mid-year or semester one or even if it's trimester based they know what their availability is so they'll then look at the classrooms and go I can I can work on I can do this on a Thursday and I'll be back in on Friday and I can do this one on Wednesday and they have more of the ability to kind of really lock that in so for students who are looking to study almost immediately that's an, an easy option for them to just review their study course their study plan go over the timeframes, go back to their boss and say, can I then have, you know, these couple days off because I need to be focused for the study and they can work it. And so each semester they can sit back down with a program advisor, look at the time um, requirements they need to be on campus or in classroom and then take it back to their boss. And that's what I've found works with a lot of um, students, particularly in this group. If they're studying something that's going to support 
what they're already doing in their workplace, then um, hopefully that means that bosses and colleagues and things like that might even be a bit more supportive because they are, I guess, working in that same kind of category, that same kind of stream of knowledge. Yeah, because ultimately it's going to benefit them both moving forward. Yeah, 100%. Um, Do you get many questions in regards to what kind of support are offered for students that might be doing this work-life university balance in this particular category of adult entering and non-school leaver? Because I deal with undergraduate and postgraduate, they have a different conversation feel. Postgraduate usually come back and, and, and they know what university is like. They know what to expect. They know that there'll be some services somewhere and they just seek it out. For, an, for somebody who hasn't studied any um, higher education before, they usually go, well, it was a long time since I left high school. Am I actually going to be able to study? Am I going to be able to do this work? And it's a genuine concern that comes, comes across. And I, that's where I, we can refer back to, actually, there's over a quarter of you guys who are adult entrants studying here. And yes, you can do this. They're here and they're proving that. And there's a lot of alumni that can speak to it as well. And in terms of support services, yes, we have all of that. So the same support services that are available for any student, it crosses the board for all of them, even an undergraduate to postgraduate, for a school leaver and a non-school leaver. The, we have our um, maths learning centre, you've got our writing centre, you've got the career services, you've got our wellbeing services, everything that's there, even accommodation if they're looking for that, these services are available and open to them and even if they still have concerns about crossing over that's where myself and our team sit and kind of go through to bring down these barriers of concern that they may have so for a lot of mine was I don't know if I'm going to remember how to study was their their concern and I can appreciate that they're really being open about it because even for myself I I resonate with that kind of conversation as a genuine concern and that's when we just say look you're not going to come into university and then we're just like good luck and leave you to it. <laughs> Services everywhere. Um, Ask Adelaide is the place to start to even point you in the right direction of who to go and talk to. And I highly recommend for our students that they speak with their peers because no one is going to understand what they're going through any more than somebody who is sitting in the classroom with them, probably feeling the exact same things. So if they speak with their peers, and there's a lot of peer groups, clubs come into hand. I think some people kind of go, oh, yes, club groups. But when you are in the student body, understanding that gathering with other students who are going through a similar situation as you is what will get you through to the end of the degree. And then even beyond that, you've now got lifelong friends that you can look to and hopefully one day they'll call out to you to come and work for them or you'll call out to them to come and work for you either way. But these, the, the peer-to-peer is probably one of the biggest support systems um, beyond our services we provide at the university. I feel like that's a really cool concept. Like just by asking for help from someone that you might be sitting next to in class, you might end up making a lifelong friend and someone that might actually end up being your boss or your colleague and networking to get you a really great job in the future. It's really cool. Yeah, I think some people might go, oh, yeah, we just made friends so we've got someone to eat lunch with. It's like, no, actually, you're making friends. That, that's networking. That's networking 101. And what these discussions can turn into and these relationships can move into within the career field, um, yeah, they're mind-blowing. You can go, go above and beyond. Sounds really cool. Sounds like you'd have some really interesting conversations with some of these prospective students. Some of them I even feel like, can I just like see how you go at the end of this? Because I just want to make sure and, and hear your testimony of what, 
what you went through because again we we see them on the start we're part of the university but we will never understand it as well as a current student in their place um, so it, it is interesting because well, some of them who are starting off their reason to start a degree I just go wow okay I see why you accepted to make this decision and they're really they're clear about it they know what they want to do why they want to do it and this is the time they're going to do it and they're walking in and to see them come out on the other end of that and move on to deliver uh, the goal that they had set is yeah it's incredible I guess it might reflect on them falling into that category of adult entrant or non-school leaver they've got that life experience they are making such a um, big decision to give up some of that time that they might be working or spending with family to come to university that determination level is just that little bit higher yeah yeah and for some of them they've even studied before and they've just decided I'm ready to I'm changing I've got to change career and this, this is not what I want. I thought I wanted that when I was in high school. I had a good time, but now I've realized, and because of their life experience, they've gone, actually, I want to go in this direction. And so that's another huge commitment to even go, I'm going to do this all over again. And they, and they jump back in and go for it. Um, I'm thinking that there's only one big concern that I can kind of see coming up in these conversations that we've got left to cover, and that would be the cost of a university degree. Now, I'm sure depending on who it is that you're speaking to, they might have different questions about uh, the cost of studying at university. But how do, you, how do you speak to these students that fall into this adult entrant, non-school leaver category about the cost that is associated with university? Yeah, and another one, genuine question, and they go, yes, this is a huge commitment, not only by time, but financially. We're not going to step into this. And majority of our undergraduate programs so a degree just off the bat are commonwealth supported so what they want to do is when you're going through any university any degree you're trying to look at you want to go down into their their fees and scholarship section and you'll look for is this a commonwealth supported place or is this a full fee paying position and the difference between that is commonwealth supported place these fees are subsidized by government so you'll see um, a set fee for the year. And so different programs will have different bands. But the best way for me to really kind of discuss that is for us, go to our degree finder and you'll see the cost straight out. So you'll look at, for most undergraduate degrees, you're looking at around nine to $10,000 for the year. And that's a whole full-time study of one year. And most undergraduate degrees will take three years to complete. If you're looking at a full fee, um, position or Australian full fee place is what they call them then that's more likely to sit within a postgraduate field and that means these are not um, government subsidized so they will be looking at paying the full part of that so this can start from 25,000 up into the 60,000 range for one year so these are a huge commitment to make both of these positions of what they have come with a student support loan. So the Australian government still provides a, a loan for anyone who is studying a Commonwealth supported program or for anyone studying an Australian full fee place program. And so the best thing to do is go onto the Australian government study assist and just see what you are eligible for those two systems. So they'll probably call it X, which most people will be aware of, and that will cover a Commonwealth supported place program. And the full fee place, those are usually covered by a fee help loan. So both of these are available for domestic students. They go through the system for that, and then you apply to it. 
Some of them just like to go by part-time and pay for that one course upfront as they go. They don't want to have any loans or any debt sitting that way. And so some students who come in as a adult entry and a non-school leaver just have that kind of money ready for that one particular course and they'll pay it off as they go. And so they're just moving through their section, making sure they've got enough money and they'll cover that course. So that's another option for them. Then you've got scholarships, which every student is eligible to go and look through and just sift through the courses. The best thing is to type in a couple of keywords that you think, like from your course that you're looking at, say if it's um, psychology, you'll type that in there. You'll look at undergraduate, you'll look at a domestic student, and you'll see what comes up for you. Read through each scholarship and go for everything that you think you're eligible for. I encourage everyone to just go, there's a scholarship. If you think you can fit into that category, apply for it. There's, what's the harm? You know, you're going to get money from it or you're not. And some of it won't cover your whole degree, but they can cover sections of it or just support you along the way. And any support you can get is helpful financially. Sounds fantastic. Sounds like there's a lot of options and it's just about making that decision for your own circumstances and what's going to be best for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So just to finish up, I guess, is there any advice that you would offer for students that might be sitting on the fence about jumping into a uni degree at the moment that fall into that adult entry or non-school leaver category? Is there anything you'd like to, to say to them? I think my main one would be if you're sitting on the fence, a lot of them who are sitting on the fence are just like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a 17-year-old who's going to be walking into university and I just want to kind of just demolish that myth that university is only for students that are finishing high school and walking straight into university off the bat. No. University is built for everyone from all ages right up and through. And so those life experiences you have, even if you feel, yeah, but it was like five years ago or 10 years ago that I did uh, year 12 or I didn't even complete year 12. I finished at year 11. How am I meant to do university? All these different concerns, there is something that will be available for you at university. Then I would say start with your conversation, reach out to us, reach out to our team, talk to the ones on, you can go meet up with us and chat, you can do a phone call, you can email in, or you can listen to these more podcasts like this, or even just read our website for our adult entry um, non-school leaver, we've got information on there, and most of them, the, the thing that I would say is yes, university is available to you as an adult entrant, please do not feel like it's not something for you because you're no longer at high school. I love that. That's so inspiring. It's making me want to go back to university. <laughs> well, that, you know, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for your time today, Kenneth. I really appreciate you coming by and chatting about your area of expertise in that adult entrant and non-school leaver category. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for this platform. I really want to reach out to this group and, again, just crush that myth that it's not for them. You are more than welcome. We enjoy the rest of your day and hopefully we'll be able to speak to you again soon. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Universe. Catch us next week for more information about the University of Adelaide.